Podcast. I am Scott. With me, as always, is my co-captain, Connor. And we are here to bring you a special episode today, I would say, because it's our first episode with a guest. That is right. We are here with J.M. DeBoard, the author of the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. Amongst other books. Uh, Jason, welcome aboard the Dream Boat. Captains, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. What, what got you into... Dreams. What got you interested in dreams, Jason? You know, as a writer, okay, there's there are really two answers to this question. Uh, the first one is is that I needed a way of breaking into the publishing industry, and I was looking around for something that I was really good at doing. As I could be an expert at. And I uh, had started working over at Reddit Dreams. I say working, you know, it's volunteering over there, and people were giving me feedback based off of how I was helping them with their dreams. And I had a bit just tremendous feedback. I realized that I had a way of explaining the subject that was simple but thorough. And, you know, I, I'd been doing it at that point for almost 20 years. And I'd studied all of the, you know, the, the luminaries in the field, your Dr. Carl Jung's and, you know, Sigmund Freud's and all of their contemporaries. I'd followed all of this. And plus, I mean, more important than that is I had practiced dream interpretation for many years. And so I got into, I decided, okay, well, uh, fiction isn't doing it for me. I'm not getting any interest from any agents, let alone publishers. And so I decided that I, w- I would try my hand at nonfiction. I would write a book uh, that kind of bottled the magic. So it <laughs> it worked. I got an agent and two weeks later I was signed with Hampton Roads, which is a uh, Hampton Roads publishing is a big outfit and they have all of these big name, you know, authors who, you know, major experts in their fields. So, you know, that was quite the thrill. But really what got me into this a long time ago was I was in college, I was studying government and journalism. Um, things had gone pretty well for a couple of years. And then I really started to hit a wall. My life, I was in a tailspin, man. I mean, I, my grades were dropping. Um, I had some addictive behaviors. I, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I was really at that point was interested in anything but school, but mostly it was that it was kind of the past catching up with me. There was a lot of stuff that was unresolved in me from my teenage years i had a kind of a you know <laughs> uh rough you time you turned it, you to know? dream interpretation as a way of reconciling with that like yeah at that point it, that's where it that's where it went yeah i did i and it was it it helped me it, it was a long-term process but you know within months of starting it i decided that i would quit drinking which was probably the best decision i've ever made for myself Um, and then I really, it started opening up a lot more things. My dreams were pointing me towards the places inside of myself where I needed healing. And I had a counselor, a man named Larry Pesavento in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's been a life, well, not lifelong, but 
for 20 years now, uh, 25 years, really. Larry and I have been, um, we're friends now, but it started off as he was my mentor and my counselor, and I would come and see him once a week in his office. And he helped me to start to connect the two definitions of dreams. You hear all the time when people talk about dreams and what they really mean are ambitions, goals, desires, wishes, you know, hey, we're Disney company and we want to make your dreams come true, you know? So you hear this all the time to the point where it's become a cliche. Well, there is a piece of truth in it, which is that your, your dreams that you have for your life for what you want to do with it are connected with the dreams that you have nightly. They, it's a long-term process of leading you to that place in your life, but through what's happening inside of you and your dreams, they teach you, they, they have this big picture perspective of you and your life. The, the dreaming mind can connect into the minds of all people. It is an amazing magical thing that goes on when you are dreaming because you can tap into this larger thing i don't know what to call it the collective consciousness or you know the collective mind but it's also just a deeper part of your own mind so that's what led me into dream interpretation i've always been very interested in anything that can teach me more about how we tick deep inside of ourselves so i've studied things you know to a certain extent such as astrology um, the Myers-Briggs uh, typology test, you know, like if you are an INTJ or an ENFP or something like that. Right. I actually dug way into all the theories behind that. That led me, of course, into Carl Jung. So I've always been interested in that kind of stuff, but it really personalized as I found that dreams could be this bridge to getting the life that I really wanted. So to make a long story short or a short story long, that's uh, that's how I got into dream interpretation. That's really interesting how you talk about using dreams as a way to reconcile with your past. Because I know, I guess even jokingly, sometimes Scott and I would talk about going to sleep at night as being a way that you can kind of scrub the plaque out of your brain and out of your, <laughs> out of your memories. Right. And kind of I love the analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone described that to me as like why sleep is important in general to give your brain a rest and these things and allow you to process these things through your day and through your life. And additionally with that, I, in college a little bit studied shamanism and you talked about finding these places within you and, and my mentor described places you go with these vision quests and these uh, these physical locations that you visit as the representation of the places within your own heart i think to use his exact words yes and even more so that i've been delving into carl jung's ideas behind the archetypes and you know, uh, when you have an archetypal dream, if you it is it can be like that vision quest. You see mythological creatures, you see fantastical places, you things go on that are, you know, it's not just sort of your average driving down the road dream or I'm back in school and I'm naked and the teacher calls on me kind of dream. You realize that you're getting into a deeper layer. There's the personal layer to dreaming, which I find that most dreams are connected with that personal layer, just kind of rubbing the plaque, you know, or think of it as processing your memories every day when you, you know, you have this experience of life and then you go to sleep and all of the information and experience has gone into your 
mind and it needs to be processed. And if you ask a neurologist what's going on as you sleep, they'll say, well, what's happening is, is your brain becomes neuroplastic or neuroplasticity. It means that the neurons warm up in the sense of they become plastic, that other definition, meaning, you know, pliable and they can take in changeable. Yeah. And they can take in new information. So what your brain is doing is it's, it's processing, collating and sorting your memories and figuring out what your new experience, um, how it fits into the big picture of who you already are. How does it change uh, the the neural pathways for you to be able to adjust and adapt to your life and for you to learn and to grow? In the long term, though, I find that there is a process that goes on, and this leads back to the the thought forms, uh, which are really, they're called archetypes. And what I've learned is that Jung actually, when he went into with physicist Wolfgang Pauli, um, that he actually said that the archetypes are these timeless blueprints that exist in a layer of, of time. It's outside of our time space, but it takes, it gives shape and form to everything that is in our experience. In other words, the world is first created out of thought forms. And in your dreams or in your visions, you can interact directly with those thought forms. I was so, about to say, I mean, sorry to interrupt, ooh, but like in a very no, Fisher Price kind of way of, of <laughs> distilling that, it would be sort of like uh, how in dreams you don't really have a concept of time or you have these these feelings and and uh, concepts that couldn't exist in the real world. Perhaps that would touch on what you were explaining just now having to do with uh, these timeless forms. Yes, yes. And you, as you get deeper and deeper into dreaming, you find that you are able to interact with them that you can also um, basically create your reality in your future by interacting in story form with the things that you find in your dreams. Mm. And you'll know that if you've done a shamanic vision quest, that the energy that you pour into that now, it is a basically an imaginative process. Um, but the energy that you pour into that process then takes shape in your life as time unfolds for you. But when you are in that place, it is timeless. Absolutely. Five, five minutes back in time. Yeah. Five minutes so, feels yeah. like hours and hours. Yeah. And it can be, you know, you, you five minutes have passed and you, you know, you open your eyes and you go, wow, where was I? You know, you were in a timeless place. There was a guy named J.W. Dunn, who was an aeronautical engineer who tracked his dreams very closely. And he discovered that uh, he was dreaming about the future. And he decided as an engineer that he wanted to track it for one. He wanted to make sure it was a real phenomena. He wasn't just making correlations between things that were similar but not exact. And then once he verified all of it, he wanted to figure out how it worked. And what he said is, is that the dreaming mind is not bound to linear time and space the same way that the conscious awake mind is. That while you are dreaming, you can go forward in time which is called precognition, or you can go backward in time, which is called retrocognition, um, and see things and learn things, get information that you would have no way of knowing otherwise. 
Um, and that's in a, it's called um, an experiment with time. And anybody who is going into, it's sort of like reading Sigmund Freud's uh, interpretation of dreams. If you want to go back to the beginning of where this field of study originated from, you have to read the seminal work, which is, you know, Freud's book. Well, if you want to study precognition, you need to go back and read J.W. Dunn's essay, An Experiment with Time, where he came to this conclusion that the dreaming mind can disconnect from time space, which you know that if you've done a vision quest before, you know that you are also doing the same thing. You are disconnecting your mind from linear time and able to go, and also linear space, and you're able to go anywhere in time and space that you want to go. Um, basically, you're only limited by your imagination. Well, connecting yourself to a different consciousness than the ordinary or OSC is, you know, that we all agree upon existing in right now yeah and you find out that the the reality really is a consensus and what we decide as a species is our reality is as a consensus decision that is what the universe spits out that is the quantum probability that becomes our you know our very much our reality we that we are we are much more able to choose our reality than what any most people can even wrap their minds around. They don't understand that at its base level that the universe is just probability and that through intelligent observation and decision, you decide which of those probabilities become our reality and you have a two-layer process. You have an individual reality that you are manifesting for yourself through your decisions, both while you're awake and while you're dreaming. By the way, dreams are helping you to make those decisions on what's going to be your reality and what's going to be your future. But then there's a larger thing that's going on as a consensus among all of us to decide what is going to be our worldwide reality. And that that is also going on in a dream state, um, at least in part of that decision-making process is going on in a sort of collective dream state that we all kind of share in this collective dream experience that every once in a while you can tap into it. Have you guys had that? Yeah. Have you seen uh, Falling Water on USA Network, by the way? Because if, if you have, then you can understand right away what I'm talking about. I haven't uh, seen that. Picture it in your mind. No, I'm not familiar with that. And uh, this it's a, it's a show about collective dreaming then, I take it? Yes. Oh, man, you if you guys love dreaming, you've got to watch that show. <laughs> yeah, we'll check it out. Uh, I know I know Blake Masters, the guy who wrote that show, his, uh, he comes from a Jungian uh, background. I think his mom was a Jungian therapist. And this guy has been exploring these concepts for basically all of his life. And then he worked his way into, you know, Hollywood. And now he's writing these shows and he's incorporating all of this stuff into the shows. Plus he's just a really brilliant, you know, screenwriter, but he uh, uh, also has the background and knowledge of, you know, Jung's theories and, you know, stuff like that to be able to weave it into the show. So yeah, Falling Water on USA Network. No, I'm not affiliated with them. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if you were, I'm sure I'd be asking you for even more connections. Now, to, a share, yeah, a share of the royalties, right? Oh, I don't know about all that, but it, well, to well, I mean, we got into some super juicy stuff there, but I do want to take a second to reel us back in because okay. we, yeah, ha- we, we, we have you, and- we have you here, and there are some questions I know I get asked all the time, and I tell people that I have this 
Dream podcast and tell them a little bit about it. And one question I get all the time, as a matter of fact, I got it this last week. Someone asked me, hey, I'm 38 years old or whatever it is, and I can't remember my dreams. How do I remember my dreams? What would be your advice to them? You know, they are in the same boat as a lot of people. The majority of people who answer surveys about how much of their dreams that they remember report little to no dream recall on a daily basis. Most people will have a dream once in a while that will stick out so much that they'll be able to remember it. But, you know, the, so you're, you're the person who asked you about this is really, you know, that boat has a lot of people in it. Most people are not remembering their dreams or the majority. It's just over 50% according to the surveys that I've read. So that tells you that, you know, there are a lot of people out there who either A, are not giving it the time that's needed. That's the most important factor. When you wake up in the morning, your dream memories are stored in short-term memory. The studies that I have read have said that you have basically five minutes of uninterrupted time when you first wake up to pull up your dream memories, or about 50% of them are going to be inaccessible. After after 10 minutes, 90% of your dream memories are inaccessible. I found that to be true, because I'll I'll remember (laughs) I had a dream, and if I don't write it down, or at least write down like a couple nouns, like... Santa Claus, kitchen, mom, I oh, will yeah. I won't no. remember what happened. <laughs> and I'll feel it often, slipping out of my brain as I'm as I'm trying to recall it. Like I can feel it slipping away from me a lot of the time. <laughs> I like your verb because it does it feels like a greased pig, you know, and you're trying to grab hold of it and it's just slipping down into the old memory hole. So you have to do it right away and you have to keep your mind clear. You have this, you know, think of it as uh, you only have so much RAM memory on your computer. Okay. So what happens when you have like 45, you know, browser tabs open and you've got like nine software programs running? Well, you it's like you can see into my computer right, right now. Yeah. So the same thing happened. It's the it's an analogy, at least, that works to understand that if you start cramming your mind full of other things when you wake up, that the dream memories are going to get crowded out. So you have to have the you have to give it the time as soon as you wake up. Um, it helps before you go to sleep to remind yourself that you are going to dream and you want to remember so that it's on your mind as soon as you wake up mm. and it's on your mind as you're sleeping. You're paying more attention to your dreams, which is helping to encode the memories into a deeper, longer-term memory storage in your brain. So I've just given you a a real big clue there. But number two, (laughs) number two, desire. You have to want to do it. Guys, how many many people do you know uh, who know that dreams are meaningful, that they're significant, that they're beneficial? What would you say is a percentage? Ooh, um... Honestly, I think everyone that I know has at least some sort of suspicion that there's something deeper going on when they dream. But is it enough to make them want to journal their dreams, though? I uh, mean, yeah, I, I, probably twenty percent. You know, I would say few, fewer than that for me. Yeah, 
And I, as I've given the, it's the lectures that I've given, um, I would say somewhere around one out of 10 people when I, cause I often open my, um, you know, my lectures and workshops with this question. And I would say about one out of 10 people, um, on average know that their dreams are meaningful. Now in my lectures, of course, people are there, they know it's about dreams and you often are attracting people who are interested in dreams, but having asked this question in a lot of different venues and talked to a lot of different people about it, you know, that they're about, you know, 10% to maybe 20% of people know that their dreams are meaningful and significant and important and that they are taking the steps based off of that to do something with their dreams. So that they are remembering them, they're journaling them, they're paying attention to them. Scott clearly has the coolest friends. No doubt, man. <laughs> I think, honestly, a lot of the influence has been from me harassing them for more dream submissions. So maybe it's just me, you know, badgering them into becoming good, diligent dream recorders. I think that we have found, you know, one of your purposes in life here, you know, like we're going <laughs> to, dude, because we need people to do this. We really do. And when you guys, when I heard about you guys um, over at Reddit, where I'm Rat Owl, the, the moderator, we can get into more of that later, but I heard about you guys and I went and I listened to what you're doing and I want, I got to connect with these guys because they are doing something most people in the i'm 47 okay and and even people my age are not into their dream lives let alone people who are in their 20s and they're you know plugged in full-time into social media and they're trying to get their careers started and they're you know they're more interested in these you know what their friends said on um you know snapchat or you know which and i understand you know you've got your dating lives you've got you know your career you've got all of all of these other things going on but what they don't know is is that their dreams can be the most valuable inner resource that they have for making all of this stuff come together and give them the life that they want it's just most people don't understand that the the dreams are these stories that are about you and your life, that they're these stories that are told through symbolism. And today with these examples, you guys sent me ahead of time. I think, you know, that we can really give your listeners a lowdown, you know, a quick rundown on how to interpret their dreams. And once they see that, then the desire comes naturally. They go, holy crap, my dreams really are significant and meaningful. <laughs> there really is something I can pull out of this and I can understand it too. Anybody can understand their dreams. It's just they need to have the basic tools. So hopefully today we can we can give them to them. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because this project, this podcast started out, I think Scott and I just decided we wanted to talk more so we're like let's make podcasts and okay and i think we went i think our first our first podcast idea was coming up with podcast ideas yeah like the whole podcast where we come up with podcast concepts and that was pretty rough so then it was just kind of like a recorded phone call and then we got on the idea of dreams because we had both been dreaming and throughout this process how many weeks has it been almost 20 weeks now wow. I, I know that um for me talking about my dreams and how they've been and what they might mean has definitely, I've used it as an opportunity to gain insight into my trajectory and to learn some about my inner life or maybe the, the stories and lessons I'm trying to uncover. Man, you were onto it right there. And that's what's going to your personal experience of this and then the way that you can explain that experience and put it into that kind of how many people are going to look at you and they're going to go 
this dude's got his act together. And what is he doing? Because we tend to mimic each other. You know, we adapt as a species by adopting behaviors from other people that are optimal. You know, we look at people who are successful and they got their crap together. Can I say shit? Say whatever you like. Sorry, I've done too many. Okay, great. I've done too many PG uh, media uh, uh, interviews lately. Okay, no, people who have their shit together and we model ourselves after them. And so if you guys are living examples of how your dreams are guiding your life and making it better and leading you towards those big goals that you have and just making you better people, other people are going to look at you guys and go, huh, well, what are they doing? You know, do they have uh, some secret app installed on their phone? You know, no, they're paying attention to their dreams, you know? And so I think it's great what you're doing. Uh, You're bringing it to, you know, an audience that might otherwise not hear anything about dreams because if you look at today's culture, how much are you hearing about dream interpretation, you know, other than it being kind of equated with like Madame Chang's, you know, psychic reading services, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear much about it these days. And when you do hear it, Madame Chang is our guest is, next month, by the way. So we shouldn't oh, throw too much shit. <laughs> well, you're going to, you're going to have me on the, you know, <laughs> set the record straight with her, you know, but yeah, you just don't hear it very much. And I'm glad that you guys are offering this uh, venue to get the word out that dreams are meaningful, that anyone can understand them, um, and that there is a simple, there are some simple steps that anyone can take to do it. And that's what we're going to get into today. Excellent. Yeah. And speaking of getting, Scott, did you have another question? I was going to say, how do you boys feel about doing some uh, dream interpretation right here? I think, yeah, I, I know that you were interested in jumping into that teeth dream. And yeah. these, these query, this query was sent to Scott by uh, an old friend of mine, uh, David Robles. And so he asks, why do I have dreams where I lose my teeth? Occasionally reoccurring dreams where they just fall out of my head and I catch them in my hand. You know, um, do you, uh, if you have a copy of my book there, uh, the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbol, Signs, and Meanings. Yes. Right Check here, it out. it's open to the page. Quick PSA. Okay, so um, yeah, if you look up teeth, you see that there are a wide variety of possibilities for symbolism that are covered. You know, your teeth, if they fall out of your head, it is a picture of what a losing face, right? Because your teeth are part of your face if they're your front teeth. So that's one possibility to consider. You'll also see that dreams can use um, actions with your teeth to connect with the things that you say. And so now there's a variety of things that we can get into, like, you know, false teeth can be associated with dishonesty. Cracking teeth can be associated with things such as uh, um, uh, not being confident in what you say, you know, like think of the think of uh, cracking up as a and as an expression. When is it that you crack up? It means that you're nervous, right? So if you are nervous when you're talking and then you the words don't come out right, you are cracking up in a way and your dreams will picture that it will turn it into an action into a scene. This is really important for understanding dreams as they create physical representations of personal situations. You can read them in some ways like a narrative. Yes, it's a narrative. It's acting it out for you. You The example you give that, there's a really great example in there where you you mentioned that sometimes these these teeth 
dream scale in relation to the issue. So for example, the molar, which is deeply embedded in the mouth, you write, that can signify a miscarriage or loss, any feeling of, of very deep, significant loss. And I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, because the superficial the front teeth versus the molars. And which it's, is it's, deeply embedded in your life. It's deeply embedded in your mouth mm -hmm. and a loved one is deeply embedded in your life. A, 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 a baby, an embryo is deeply embedded in your womb. I actually ran across a woman who lost a molar. And when we talked about it, that's what we found out. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So let's get back to that dream. Now there is a key detail here. Okay. Is the teeth fall out and he catches. Yeah. Okay. Now let me, let me quiz you a little bit. Now we have an idea here of let's just assume uh, as a hypothesis that we can test that the teeth falling out are somehow related to the things that he says because your words are projected out of your mouth and the teeth fall out of the mouth in the dream. So we might have a symbolic connection between those two ideas. What does it mean then to catch your teeth? You might be realizing you said some things you maybe didn't want to say. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, that's my <laughs> feeling on it is, is that he realizes after the fact, maybe that he said something and he, you know, I mean, we've all done that, you know, it's like, oh, you know, they, we're not, I want to say we all, but it's, it's something I've done where I, oh, I put my foot in my mouth every dang day. <laughs> and when do you realize it? You know, when you have time to reflect on your day, when is, when do you have time to reflect on your day? When you go to bed at night. So your dream could be, his dream could be showing him that he's either trying to take back something that he said, because it's already out of his mouth, right? So that means the words have already been spoken, or it could just connect in with a larger general idea of him uh, going back and thinking about the things that he says in general and that he, yeah, there's something that he uh, realizes is uh, not coming out right. You know, maybe he's not saying it the way he wants to, or it's um, said in a way that uh, gives the wrong impression. You know what? Now let's take this a step further. What if you swallow something sharp? Like, let's say that your teeth crack and you swallow them in a dream. What do you think that could mean? That one probably. I mean, just as a as a guess here, uh, having to do with uh, not maintaining like your your own standards or something. I mean, I guess I'm associating it too closely with hygiene there because if that that I've had dreams where that happens. And I, I uh -huh. my teeth are crumbling away, you know, and I'm I'm trying to spit them out, but they're just not there. And I figured that was me like losing losing my grip on on my own personal discipline was what I was seeing there. And it could. That is a possibility to consider because teeth are very closely associated with the social and personal physical image that you project. I mean, we've all heard the joke about, you know, there's Mr. Perfect and, you know, here comes the girl. She walks up to him and she says hi and he smiles and he's got a big gap in his mouth, you know, right, right. or he's got some spinach in his teeth or something. And she's like, ew. <laughs> you know? so, we know, fellas, you know, that that's something that you want to do to maintain the same with you would, you know, your your skin complexion, doing your hair, you know, it's all part of projecting the right image. And so your teeth are very closely associated with that. Plus, social status can be told right away through teeth. 
somebody who has pearly white, perfectly straight teeth has spent a lot of money on their mouth, most likely. I mean, braces are freaking expensive. And, you know, if you grow up in a family that can afford that, well, good for you. But, you know, that's there's other families where it's like, well, I'm afraid your teeth are just going to have to be a little crooked because we can't afford, you know, to put you in the braces. So anyway, we all know this and it's, it's not ripping on anyone. I'm just saying, look, we have this social image that's very closely associated with teeth. But now let's go back to the example. If you swallow something sharp, now start with like sharp, it's like jagged teeth. The teeth are in your mouth and you swallow them. Or let's just say it's like a piece of glass or something. It's Ooh, a hard truth to, the, to accept? A hard thing know, to swallow? Or how about that's, yes, it's a hard thing to swallow. Really, You're on really the right ripping track you up inside. Something is something is eating you up inside or you're swallowing back. Like think of when you want to say something sharp, but you hold your tongue. Hmm. That was sort of what I was leading towards here as an example, but we're getting off into all these other tangents and it proves a point is, is that every dream of course has many possibilities. The symbolism presents many possibilities. And of course you are the only person who knows what your dream means huh. and people like us can only give you suggestions, but they're often right there. If you look closely at the dream, you go, okay, well, you're swallowing something sharp. What does that mean? Well, that could mean that you're holding back, saying these sharp things that you want to say. You bit your tongue in a proverbial sort of sense. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. An exercise in free association. Yes. Do you have one that you want to do, or is that just riffing off of what we were no, just uh, just in general, like that's that's as a, I was an improviser for a lot of time in college doing long form improv and improvisation is all about free association. You see someone is in the kitchen or someone says they're in the kitchen. And so what do you do? You walk on and, you know, you're mixing something in a bowl because that's some shit you do in the kitchen. And then once you're done with that, while you're talking to them, you could be talking about, you know, anything. But then you take out a knife and like this is things you have in the kitchen. So a similar idea. When you talk yes. about sharp things, like what do sharp things do? Sharp things, they tear you up inside. I'm trying to hold these sharp things in. It has to do with my teeth, and teeth have to do with my words, and start to put together those, those puzzle pieces. Thank you. Yes, that because that is how association is the time-honored technique for dream interpretation because it is helping you to generate ideas about what the imagery and you know what does it mean, what is the symbolism of that imagery or those actions in a dream, and so how do you do it? Well, association. And if you have a background like yours where you've done this as part of improv, then awesome. You know, um, musicians can often, you know, if you're writing a song, you start oh, rappers, just kind of freestyling come together. Freestyling, yep. Um, so there are different means of getting to this way of being able to just generate ideas. And here is a really important point for you and your listeners to know. Why are you making associations? Because it's helping you to remind yourself of what you already know. 
You already know what your dream means because you created it in a deeper part of your mind. It's in the unconscious mind, which is for most people largely outside of their of their awareness. There, it's the part of the mind that is there, whether you are connected with it or not. And neurologists, depending on which one you ask and which study you cite, they say that ninety five to ninety nine percent of the mind is unconscious. It is outside of your conscious awareness. This is where your dreams are created. So when you are making associations, when you're just sort of improving and riffing on what your, you know, you have a dream image and you start just generating ideas, associating with it, what you're really trying to do is get around your conscious mind and remind yourself of what you already know. Because you'll say something spontaneously and it's getting you to what the dream really means. So sometimes you can be a little bit led astray with it, but sometimes when you come up with that crazy association that you go, wow, how did I get from A to B on that one? You're actually helping yourself to get to the meaning of the imagery and the symbolism. I, I did have a quick question that can kind of dovetail off of this. So yes, all of, all of these these dream symbols as they occur, like you said before, we're the only ones that can really dissect them can really make sense of them it's only up to us you can get the guidance along the way from others but it's it's entirely up to you uh i was going to ask what you knew about contradictory symbols in dreams across different cultures and i don't know if you've heard us but we yeah. we use your book a lot on here but we also use the ibn Sirin dictionary of dreams which is sort of an islamic inner tradition dream dictionary and some, we, we, there's some, we there's some rip as, wild stuff in there there's yeah, there's always really weird contextual ones, but it's not a culture that I've ever lived in or been a part of, and so it's always interesting to find uh, dream symbols that either contradict or sometimes not even they they just blow our expectations away. Uh, <laughs> we've had some very <laughs> peculiar ones, and I've pulled open here uh, a Maori dream analysis, uh, so like Polynesian kind of dream analysis, and a uh -huh. lot of those ones have to do with omens, and so they'll they'll be uh, a flying dream where you're being chased, but you get away is considered a good omen. One where you're chased and you get caught is a bad omen. So they have, some of these are pretty straightforward, but I guess my question is how much should we take into account cultural differences? If really the analysis of the dream comes from within, man, you really uh, opened up a uh, can of worms there. Um, yes. I can give a quick explanation on this one. It is important to um, consider the cultural uh, associations with uh, image with dream imagery. You know, I give an example. It might be in my book. I think it's under the entry for snake. That you know, if you are a standard Westerner, you know, I live here in Tucson, Arizona, and I just ran across a rattlesnake the other day. And <laughs> you know, that is there is not a snake that you can point out to me that I'm going to be like, oh, you know, <laughs> right, right. Well, no, I take that back. The king snakes that eat other snakes. I I see them once in a while. They're black with the uh, rings around them. And uh, they those I'm always happy to see. I feel like, hey, come out and hang out in my yard. You know, <laughs> eat, eat the pack rats, eat the other snakes. You're welcome here anytime you want. But if it's a rattlesnake, you know, most of us, the point is most of us react with fear to snakes unless we have enough experience with them to not be afraid. 
of them. And, you know, it's hard to look into the eyes of a reptilian creature like that and not at least kind of get the creeps from it because it's not looking back at you with love. You know, mm -hmm. it's looking at you going, can I eat you? Hmm, can I wrap my mouth around you? Ah, I guess not. Okay, you're not important to me anymore. So the but if you go to a Native American um, culture and ask them about snakes and what they mean in their dreams, they will often connect it with Mother Earth, with fertility, with blessing, with good sign, with health, with healing. And I have found all of these uses in the dreams of people in Western cultures too. It's just that the your cultural associations will play a large factor into what the images in your dream, the symbolism behind them, what, what it is. Um, I had this happen at a where I was talking about snakes and I was talking about all of the, you know, well, it could describe something venomous that's gotten into you. If it's a constrictor, it could be something that is uh, constricting you like a relationship or, you know, even like a blocked airway as you're sleeping or you've fallen asleep on your arm and you dream about a snake wrapped around it, you know, or something like hmm. that. You know, so we go off into I go off into all these different possibilities. And this one lady raises her hand and she says, you know, I'm my my, my family, we're from a, a Native American tribe and uh, um, we, you know, we love our, you know, snakes and our dreams are a great sign for us. And she went on and all the reasons why. And from that moment on, when I give my, you know, when I write my books and give my public lectures, I've always tried to remember, hey, it depends on the culture that you come from. You know, the Islamic culture has a dream interpretation. They have written tradition for their dream interpretation that goes back more than a thousand years they put a lot of importance on their dreams and they have professionals who are you know they uh, within their culture there are people who play a very important role uh, they are the dream interpreters now i have gone into this and and read it because i studied uh and read some of the work of uh, dr um uh, Ian Ross, uh, who is a, uh, he's over in uh, Scotland and he has studied the dreams that are used to justify jihad and extremism. Um, there is a sub uh, branch in the Islamic culture, um, which is a, they, you know, these guys who are picking up arms or wrapping, you know, suicide vests around them. They, there's often a long process of these guys being indoctrinated in or brainwashed into this, you know, completely wrong interpretation of Islam. And what they do is they twist around their dreams and make it try to say that they are being called by Allah or, you know, Muhammad to, you know, take up arms. And I've gone back and read some of these dreams used to justify this and from people who'd actually gone out and committed violence um, and they would find their dream journals and you know they with the people who are studying them would and look at the way that these dreams were interpreted and i tell you you know you you really you go like wow you know a, a green bird came to you and uh, took you up into the sky and it means you should put on a suicide vest and go blow yourself up in a train station and you're like yeah, what no, all it takes is, <laughs> is a, an influential figure in the community to issue a fatwa and then it's all over but yeah uh, the the just to go back really quick to to the Native American with the snakes being a, a good omen 
Yes. Uh, I work actually on an, on a reservation here in Arizona. Oh, I do cool. archaeology, and snakes are one of the most common symbols that we find, and that goes back thousand about a thousand years out here in Arizona. And like you like you said before, I mean it's 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 a very good like a very uh, positive motif in a lot of their their art and and sort of physical culture that's left behind. So let's explore just if if we can for a moment why. Well, first, snakes live close to the ground, mm-hmm. and they or they you know they crawl Sometimes on the ground, in, and they can the go ground. into holes in the ground. Well, what does that mean? That's closeness to Mother Nature and nature's wisdom. You know, that's what they associate it with. Now, snakes also shed their skin, fellas. Can you think of a figure of speech? Can you, you know, what what does it mean to shed your skin? Well, so it's an idea of a rebirth or yeah, a renewal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're shedding your skin. You're letting the old person go. Um, snakes are used in the uh, rod of Asclepius, right? It's right. the uh, it's the healing medicine. staff. Yeah, yeah. And so there. So this goes back many thousands of years in Western culture too, where snakes have been associated with, uh, you know, with healing and with renewal. So, yeah, there are a lot of great associations, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's very important to understand that there are different ways of looking at dream symbols, that it will be uh, influenced by, first, by the culture that you grew up in and the media that you consume, the stories that you hear, um, the neighborhood and community, your family, this all goes into it. But those associations are drawn from a lifetime of experience, and they are the underlying basis of the meaning of the symbolism in your dreams. Now, to get back to our submission, David had a follow-up. And his second question is that, how is it that when I dream I'm at my, I'm at my house, it's not really my house. Or when I dream that I'm hanging out with my friend, I know he's supposed to be my friend, but he's not really any of my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> that opens up a great opportunity to, these are very, these are two common themes in dreams, friends and, and building structures, houses. Now, if I say, if I give you a clue here and I say, hmm, we are said to construct our lives. How do you think that could translate into dreams? Oh, that the building itself would would be a, a sort of representation of the life that you've built for yourself, or yes. how you've what you've got in your past, I suppose. Yes, yes, it's the life you're building for yourself. Now, take it a step further. Where does your consciousness live? Point to the part of your body where your soul or your consciousness or your awareness or whatever you want to call it, point to the part of your body where it seems to be centered. Uh, either your, your, your brain or your heart would be yeah, my only I thing, might I, I might point to my, my whole body in general. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I just had a, a bad image of you pointing towards your groin. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I, my brain I, is. That's I, where I, my soul I, is. I, I did an up and down <laughs> sweeping gesture. <laughs> we just, we just lost half your audience right there. Yeah. And the other yeah. half are going to be loyal listeners to the end. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. So your dreams can use structures um, to represent your body. And so um, it could be the life you construct for yourself. It can be your mind. It can be your body. Imagine that you are in a house and you are dreaming. You're in a house and you find a new room. 
you turn the lights on in the room and you're like, wow, this is cool. I didn't know this room was here. What do you think that could mean? Discovered a new part of yourself you didn't know. There you go. Yep. So this is what your what your friend, when he's dreaming about a house, he's really dreaming about himself. And the rooms in the house can represent areas of himself or his life. Like a living room can be related to a living situation. A bedroom could be the things that are private and you keep to yourself. A basement can be the place where you have your emotions or instincts or your hot water heater where you hide your memories. Yeah, a, a hot water heater could be your bladder, you know, it's <laughs> a warm water heater, you know, an attic or an upper floor can be your mind. So all of these things come together and there's there's no one pat or set definition for any of it. But as soon as you see yourself in a house, you can ask yourself, am I seeing myself within my body? Am I seeing myself within my mind? Am I seeing the life that I have built for myself? Or how about the life that's built for you? Like if you see the house or building being built by someone else, you know, it's like, hey, your parents want you to be a doctor. Well, I don't have any choice in the matter. Your life is being built for you. I know a guy who had a dream about being on a seashore and he sees these giants taking apart an old church and turning it into a boat. And we uh, delved into the dream and it related to him taking the pieces of his faith, his spiritual and religious tradition and taking it apart and building something for himself to go on a new journey. The wow. he had left behind he was he was very much involved in the Catholic Church and then he got to a point in his life where he was like I'm sorry guys I can't you know th this just isn't me anymore I've grown beyond this and but there were still valuable things that he could take with him that right, he had experienced and learned from that church yeah what you a beautiful see beautiful metaphor. You yeah. see it. Yes. This is what your <laughs> dreams are doing. They're building these metaphors. They're doing it all the time. And that's why in my book, there is a section on metaphors and storytelling devices. And that's why throughout my book, I ask you as the reader to focus on the storytelling elements in the dream. Is the dream making a comparison? Is it making a contrast? Is it bringing to life an expression or figure of speech? Is it using a metaphor? Is it a visual pun? Is it a word play? I came up with one the other day where someone told me that she was on a bullet train. She was down by the steps with these other women who were picking up cantaloupe slices of cantaloupe and they were eating it and there was a man standing next to her who made a statement that said i cantaloupe now, do you, <laughs> you yeah you hear the word play oh, yeah. right oh, yeah. yeah okay so that was a little obvious oh, <laughs> but i think it's awesome because she was thinking through okay she's somebody who had not been in a relationship in a while i, I she talks to me on reddit pretty frequently and she'd been having these dreams about this mysterious man and she has these really powerful kind of you know passionate sexual interactions with him. not not sexual but like there's the strong hint that there is oh yeah we're when we get into the sheets this me is and the be melon really man kind of thing yeah. you know yeah yeah you know <laughs> 
<laughs> and she, it had been a long time since she'd gotten and she had had any romance in her life. And she's been thinking about this. And so she knows that this is something that she wants to do, but she wants to do it right. She can't elope. Meaning she can't just make any kind of rash decisions. The bullet train is her life. Her life is going forward very quickly. She's in a some kind of high-powered job. Um, and so I don't know what it is exactly. I only interact with her online. But I know from the hints from what she's told me is, is that her life is very busy. And she's got a lot of responsibility. So that is the, the bullet train is the perfect way of, you know, um, describing the scene. The people in the dream, the women are down by the exit stairs. That means that she can't just get off the train. And it connects with the idea of I can't elope. What she's really saying to herself is, is that she has to continue on the path that she's on in life and integrate the romance into that. She's not going to stop her life in order to have a relationship. Wow. Kind of right. Got to got to meet someone on the dining car in that case. Right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll have and they'll have some they'll have some cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have some some beautiful honeydew melon. Speaking of unstoppable forces hurtling at high speeds, there's a final part to the question here and that is <laughs> how nice how do I wake up from the nightmare that is 2017? Ooh, yeah. yeah can, I, can I just jump in real quick? I have yes. read on there was an article. I can't. I, I could I pull it up, but that, that, I mean, not to get political on on this is a dream podcast. We're just talking about the dreams, but it was very common after the election. A lot of people were very upset, and Trump dreams were an absolutely common occurrence. And a lot of people were writing in to ask what it meant uh, to I think like the Washington Post or something. Um, get fellas, I'm going to ask you to get, I can hear the clicking. I know you're on your computers. I'm going to ask you to go to your first, first, uh, your search engine. And I'm going to ask you to type in the search phrase, Donald Trump gave me head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is absolutely something I need on my search. Okay, great. I haven't, I haven't checked this in a while, but the last time you're, you're the top, you're the top, uh, my top result, top result here. And we can put this, we can put this in the, (laughs) this was a dream that was submitted to me at Reddit and I helped the guy to understand it. Um, and it, there really is meaning to it. Now, if you love Donald Trump, I am not insulting your hero. Okay. I think it's very important for us to remember that if you don't like Trump, that there are other people out there that this guy is here to save the world for them. And I respect that. Okay. So, because we need, we need our heroes and our heroes have been, you know, my hero used to be Bill Clinton and it turns out he's, you know, He's sleazy. And I, it it took me years to realize that, that he also has his flaws. Let's just say that, that there's no one perfect, but in fact, that our heroes are all being taken down, you know, they, they all have flaws and those flaws. I think there's almost a deliberate thing going on that is making us lose our hope and faith in our leaders. They, they're, you know, so I I think this is important before we get into this, that I respect that for some people, Donald Trump is their hero. I'm not going to say anything bad about the man. We are absolutely a nonpartisan deal over here. So thank you. And I will, I'll go ahead and I will add that link in the show notes. 
Please that do. Way people uh, these pi- these pictures you picked are so amazing. The one where he's <laughs> cramming the ice. Oh man! Well, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead, and we'll 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 let people jump into that as they look. Will. It's a real dream. Somebody really had that dream. I've got another one. Um, well, let's I let's dive into it real quick for our listeners, yeah. just to give okay. a, a quick sort of synopsis here. So, so someone had a dream where where Trump went down on them. Yeah. Okay. So here it is. Um, really earning our explicit tag today. <laughs> oh, I love it. Finally, we get to flex it. Wow. Okay. So this was this was a real dream. Um, the man, a guy, dreams that he is in a restaurant. He's with a bunch of friends. Uh, it's a great social gathering. Um, he orders. Everybody orders food. He orders a steak. Um, the before the steak can be delivered, he's told that he has to pay for it. Um, so he's like, "Well, okay, whatever. That's weird, but I'll do it. I want my steak." And then they come back, the people in the restaurant, and say, "You have to fill out." this questionnaire and they like put an iPad in his hand and it's got like, it looks like a tax form. Right. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to do this. They pin his arms to his sides and tell him he's not getting a stake until he fills it out. So he goes <laughs> ahead and he fills out the questionnaire. So then his stake arrives and it is what it is cold, stone cold, you know? So he's like, wait a minute, this is wrong. So he like looks for the waiter and the manager and they're like, oh, you know, here, the manager takes him and says, look, I can make, we can make this right. Just come with me. So he's like, okay. So he goes off with the manager and they go behind the restaurant, maybe behind the dumpster. I don't know, but let's just create shady scene here. He takes the guy, the, the dreamer, the manager takes the dreamer to his car, puts him in the back seat and goes down on him and as he's getting ready to do this he turns into donald trump <laughs> his he's sweaty and he's you know just read the oh, read the description no. look this is copied and pasted from reddit with light editing okay i did not make this up okay so th- this is this is a real dream and it shows how people can use their impressions of people who are famous to create this impression because we've seen Trump like, you know, sweating and he's all orange and, you know, and he does come across as kind of used car salesman sometimes. Uh, So, you know, this is the impression that's being used, but you got to understand the dream first. So here's the situation. Back to David's, I guess his was a little more vague, but for, for people who are, I guess, Stressing out about the the, the election yeah. results and um, stuff. What, yeah. what would you I say? Think is, the state is, of is, affairs in the world in general have been yeah less than Stop desirable. To it. If there is something that is important to you that you can do on a daily basis that is involved with your family, your community, your work, then stake out your territory and defend it. The I came out of the site. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm doing, this is the part that I'm doing where I can help people understand their dreams. This can be the one place where they can go, where there's a refuge from all the crazy 2017 stuff, but it is not doing you any good to get anxious about it, to be so tuned into it that you can't disconnect. You, you have to then say, okay, well, what are we going to do in 2018? But anyway, back to the dream, fellas. We got to finish this because you have an audience out there wanting to know what happened. You know, how does this, you know, we leave off with Donald going down on the guy in the back of the car. You know, there is significance to this. There is meaning. Okay. Do you want to know about it? I, I Here's Connor. Do you want to do a freestyle on that one? I mean, yeah, we've gotten this far. Let's, uh, let's think about this. You are. You, the cold steak. Start with that. What could that mean? Oh, that someone did not deliver what they promised. 
You ordered a, yes. you ordered a, mm. you ordered a steak, you, you know, unless you ordered it cold because you're some sort of heathen. Uh, but I don't think that was <laughs> that's not what happened. And you are getting a bunch of lip service from somebody. <laughs> Dude, you were on track. Yes, 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 yes. And this is this is exactly yes. You know, this all, is, you're on track. All yep. all all mouth, Forget no it. no action, not backing it up. Oh my god! Not back, anything back, that backing involves it up. the mouth in a dream can mean that it is associated with what somebody's saying in lip service. God, that is a perfect That's metaphor so to pull up from it. Oh okay. <laughs> let let me let me let me paint the picture for you here. This Uh-oh. dream came from a guy who went from a small town to the big city. He worked at it for a long time. He had to save the money and do all the preparation, right? So he gets to the big city. So that is sort of him arriving. This is something he has really looked forward to. He grew up in one of these little podunk areas where everybody's really backward and he's progressive and he's, you know, he wants to be an urban guy, you know? So now he has moved to the city. He has moved in with a roommate, somebody that he did not know ahead of time. He probably answered a Craigslist ad. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And you never know what you're going to get. Life is Mm -hmm. like a box of chocolates. And in this case, what he found was a psycho flake for a roommate. He said that he got to the city and he found out that this guy that he moved in with picks up random college guys and goes and gives them head. Okay, so this is strangers and he's, you know, so he's sitting there, you know, on his computer watching TV at home in his new apartment and he's going, great, I'm in the big city now. And his roommate walks in and he's got some, you know, Twinkie college guy with them who pretends to be straight, but he'll answer ads on Backpage or Craigslist or something and he'll take a free blowjob. So this is... It's I the know. bad roommate part that's 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 irking me about that. At least have the the consideration. I mean, Craigslist, I guess, is you know you get what you pay for, but <laughs> isn't that the truth? Okay, so look at the details of the dream. They all tie together into a big picture. Once you understand the guy's situation, he, he fills out a questionnaire. Think about filling out a background check and and doing all the stuff for you know getting a lease and especially in an apartment building that is getting a new you know, job. highly structured and managed and stuff right you live in New York you know what that's like so and now also think about all the money he has to save to get to the city the stake represents the satisfaction that he's expecting but after he goes through all the trouble. He pays for it ahead of time. Okay. He pays for the stake right ahead of time. He fills out the questionnaire. This is all um, symbolizing everything that he did to move to the city. He gets to the city and the stake is cold. That means he's not getting the satisfaction. He does not meet expectations. Now the dream points towards where it, why things are going wrong. What is not giving him, why is he not getting the satisfaction he wants? So he goes to the manager Think about somebody who manages a situation. If you move in with someone and the apartment is in their name and the bills are in their name, they are managing the situation, right? That is why the manager, it takes them out back, okay? And he is, so the manager is really the roommate in a way. And when he turns into Trump, it is saying, it is riffing off of the association that he has between basically he thinks that Donald Trump is a big sleaze 
And so he has that same association with his roommate. So yeah, go and read it for yourselves. I, I already gave you the search term. You yeah, thank you so ones. much for providing yeah, And it will be the only ones you've ever heard that one, man, because I've been really careful. In my book, I have an entry for Donald Trump. And I list in there some of the more positive dreams that people have had about him as a father figure, about him as somebody who stands up for himself and fights back, you know. Um, but I did run across some others, you know, like the guy who dreamed about Trump feeding Mexican babies to four foot long mole rats. Oh, goodness. From oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to um, I'm going to go ahead and say that. If we if we start getting like zero and one star review on iTunes, we'll know why. I guess you'll know why. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you had two other uh, dreams that were submitted to you this we week, and did. I, I took a look at them and I was like, "Man, these are perfect." So I'd like to start start with one here. Start with one here, and this is from Emily Prokop, and she actually has a podcast herself called The Story Behind Podcast, and. Yeah, awesome. and since I, I I tell people I give them a little promo, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little info. Uh, do you like trivia and fun facts? Have you lost hours to Wikipedia rabbit holes? Do you ever wonder about the history of everyday things in your world? The story behind is the show for you. So it's a great little trivia podcast, and if you are interested, you should check it out. Like and subscribe, and check out Emily's work. And she writes to us. She wants to know why she constantly dreams about being at a mall at least once a month. Malls she's never been to, just malls full of stores. Different things happen in these malls, but it's just so funny to me that all of my dreams take place there, or at least so many of them. Sometimes stores are closed, sometimes open, sometimes crowded, sometimes not. Sometimes I'm just in the parking lot. There's been a common dream location at least since middle school. She's in her 30s now. Great. So her dreams have picked up on this and turned it into a recurring theme because there is something in the way that it can use the mall and stores within the mall and the things within those stores to create stories about her and her life. Well, and I think and the going, recurring dream is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, going back to what we discussed with David's query about houses... She's probably walking around in the mall of herself, the mall of Emily. And yes, and this is brings up a quick point to make is, is that recurring dreams are a great place to start interpreting your dreams because you can use it as a master key to unlock other dreams. But when those dreams come up with that theme and you've put in you know, the time and effort to figure out what they mean to you. Now you can go right to, you know, okay, well, I know what this meant in a past dream. Does it mean it in this dream? And if it does, you have one part of the dream that you understand, and then you can start tying together the other details of the dream. And so it acts as a master key. So let's talk about stores. What do you do when you're at a store? You're shopping. But what does that really mean? Simplify it. You are looking to add something to your life that you don't have. Yes, you are making you are it's it you're in plus you are making decisions. You are choosing from among options. Hmm. Think about times of your life when you're doing that. Do you have options in your dating life? 
Do you know a variety of people you could date? Hopefully. Are you choosing from among the options? Or How people just it? going into college for the first time? There's like the whole picking a major thing might represent a shopping mall of choices. Picking a college. Yeah. Yes. Picking your social group. Fuck, I got to yeah. go to the grocery store after this, and I don't even... Dude. <laughs> Picking, and, and you bring up grocery store, the foods that you make. You make decisions on where you're going to eat and what you're going to eat and why you make those decisions. I, I can't afford to eat any better, so I go to Taco Bell twice a day. You know, that was me in college, dude. You know, the beef and bean burrito was my best friend. You know, <laughs> Little Caesars hot readies. Processed through me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I... If you had three bucks a day, I mean, it was they were those things were 69 cents back in the day. I could load up on bean burritos, you know. Uh, but the point is now, you know, we go down the Whole Foods or, you know, Natural Grocer or Trader Joe's and we get the very best foods that we can because I realize how much between, you know, I'm making choices for better health. So that equates into the dream. She is somehow by being in a mall. When you are in a mall, you have a variety of stores to choose from. So that tells me in some way she's making choices and decisions. It's sort of like reading from a menu and you see, oh, you know, am I going to have, you know, the lamb? Am I going to have the, you know, the vegetarian dish, uh, you know, potato skins? I don't know. I'm just riffing off the top of my head. Now think about when you look for a job, an employer. Now, you know, mall is in my dream dictionary and I do hope that you've looked it up. Um, but it up now. A, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is not your average dream dictionary, man. I, you know, I've been doing this for years now, but specifically at reddit.com where I've run the dream form for the last six years. And I am taking in every day. I am taking in what people are dreaming about right now today. And that is how I chose the 750 plus entries to talk about in that book, because these are things that are appearing in people's dreams today. Like Emily, people dream about malls. Think about a job, you know, when you are choosing from among employers, each employer is like a store. Why is it a store? Because it has a variety of things that it is offering related to your salary, your benefits, your work environment, the prestige that comes with the job and the organization. All of these things can be symbolized as the store. And when you are in your dream shopping in that store or deciding to, you know, which store to shop in, you are actually making choices about things like, hey, what kind of career do I want or what employer do I want? Well, you know, that could be symbolized then by the type of store that it is that you go into. Hmm. All right. So that is what I would say for Emily. That's now awesome. we'd have to have more details to really tie everything together and understand a specific dream. But in general, shopping in malls, think i'm making choices i'm making decisions it's a pretty straightforward one i suppose uh hey connor do we got time for one more what we, how are we doing we can definitely at least fit in one more so i had one actually a couple nights ago that was very strange uh that had a symbol in it that i've never had before you guys mind if i yeah do it this one up all right so in this dream i uh i'm cleaning out a really big dusty new house that i got but it's nice it's like cozy but it's definitely an older house that I'm like moving into. And it's, it feels like it's in 
somewhere like the Pacific Northwest, you know, it's like kind of misty rain outside. Everything's really green and nice. There's like little waterfalls and, and rivers and stuff kind of going all over. And uh, some random person is helping me clean it out. And I walk outside and I follow a stream uphill and it starts getting really steep. And I get to sort of like a, a, a small mountain and I get to the very top and there's a lake in the mountain and there's a killer whale swimming around. And I'm in my dream, I'm not scared of it at all. I kind of wade into the water and it comes up to me and it lets me pet it. And it's like hanging out. And uh, yeah, I swim with it a little bit and then I wake up. And that was the dream. Dude, man, that is fantastic. I want the, the listeners, okay, when you help someone to interpret a dream, to understand a dream, I, I, I tend to lot like the word interpret because it implies that you're taking the power away from the dreamer to understand the dream. Picture the dream along with them. As you were describing that, I'm picturing in my mind the house. I was quite literally know, closing the, my the eyes. Misty. Yeah, man. And then the the path leading up to the mountain, and there's a killer whale, and you get in the water, and I'm picturing all this in my mind. And the word that came to my mind was magical. Yeah, it felt that way. It was really, really beautiful magic. I mean, I'll never get to pet or swim with a killer whale in real life, but that's why I got my dreams. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, that um, brought up a few things for me. One is I know that most of my dreams, and I'll quite literally say plagued, they are plagued by other people. They're plagued by like humans and these stupid interactions and some of the most important Boy, and empowering you live in New dreams. York. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this was even even when I even when I was still living in Tempe. Because we're all we're all Arizona folks, but it, even when I was living in Tempe, most of my dreams would be plagued with people. And the ones that have stood out to me the most have been the ones where it's just been myself and some other non-human creature. Mm. Well, I would, you know, we forgot to address the one um, aspect. This will give us a chance to backtrack a little bit and talk about friends and dreams. And we can talk about, you know, that starts off with, well, what do your dream characters mean? Most dream characters are costumes, the overtop of something such as a subject or idea. It can also be something that is expresses a thought or a feeling. Let's just say really simply, you know, you see someone in the dream who acts really sad. The first thing you, when you were um, understanding imagery like that is you go, is there something that I feel sad about? Am I seeing part of myself projected out onto the dream character? It can be really confusing when you dream about someone that you know, because the tendency is to think I am actually dreaming about that person directly. Most likely, though, you are dreaming about them based off of your friendship with the person or relationship, based off of your feelings, thoughts, associations, perceptions. So the person represents something and is used as symbolism in the story, even when it's someone that you know very well, such as, let's say, a friend. How do you start off interpreting something like that? Well, well just a quick aside here. We've, yeah. we've spoken about this before, but many times we'll talk about our dreams or we'll get submissions where it's just generic, faceless dream friend yes. is the only other character there. And it's not and someone specific. That's a clue. That's a, right there. there. It's a clue when it's a generic friend. A friend can be in a dream. It can mean it is something that is there that either keeps you company in your own mind or your feelings or something that assists you. 
Think friend and think of others. Start off by thinking of other definitions of friend. You know, a friend is a, you know, what is a friend to you? A friend is a what? It's a companion. A friend is somebody who helped you out in times of need. A friend is someone who understands you, who takes the time and effort to understand you. Dreams start off with friend, show generic faceless friend, because it represents an idea about friendship or the subject of friendship. So when you dream about a generic friend, you could look at the rest of the dream and go, is this something about me that is, you know, like I keep myself busy in my own mind. I have lines of thought that kind of come up, you know, that are, they keep me occupied in my own mind. I have things about me that act sort of like a friend because they can pop in when I am making some kind of decision and those parts of me activate and they come into the stream of thought or internal dialogue and they remind me of the things that I like, you know, they remind me of my strengths. They, they, they try to help out. That's what a friend does. So that's what you could be seeing in a dream about a friend. Now, what about a friendly killer whale? <laughs> now, your dream, dude, man, <laughs> this gives a great opportunity to talk about. So you are in your house in the dream, right? You've moved into a new house. A dusty house? You, is that right? Yeah, it's the, like a, it's an older kind of dusty. Fixer but like, upper? But like in a cozy, cool way. There's a fireplace and everything's kind of, you know, got these nice little ornate wood carvings. And it, it just looked like a, a nice older house. So you might start off by saying, am I moving into a new area of my life that is feeling more comfortable? Plus, you said you work in archaeology. There's another layer to work with there. But Yeah, I suppose um, so. Because yeah. <laughs> well, you're but, dealing with the past. And you're know? more working in archaeology as a newer development that you've been That's wanting right. to do for a long time. And now you're finding yourself advancing in that career. That's, That's awesome. Awesome. So now you have some ideas that you're in some kind of way you could be moving into a new area of your life. It could be connected with this outer part of your life and your job, your career. But what I find is, is that usually dreams focus internally on what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what's going on in your life, and how that connects with what's going on in your outer life. So let's just start off with the idea. Okay, a house is the life that you build for yourself. Now you've built this really nice, cozy, comfortable place for you to be in your life. So you go out and you go up a mountain, correct? Yeah. Think of a meta when when you say it when you have a metaphor for climbing the mountain. Now I don't see you climbing in the dream in the action of the dream, but you are going up. Right. So think about what is it when people say I'm going up in my life. What does it mean? Climbing the corporate ladder, um, moving up in their job, uh, or just in general in their life. What's going on? Right. So you're making improvements. You're going up. You are, you know, that could, the same imagery can be used in things like um, going upstairs. You're taking steps to get somewhere in your life, going up and or down in elevators, uh, going forward or backward in a car. You know, you're either making progress or you're going backward, right? So now you have these, these background information that can help you to understand that imagery of walking up this mountain. So in, in some way, your life is being elevated. You are moving up. 
Okay, so now you get to the top. There is a lake. Boy, what an awesome image there. And in the lake is a killer whale. Well, we have to begin with the idea of what does a body of water symbolize in a dream? And if you go to my dream dictionary, look up water. This is the first place to begin. Two, underwater, there are related entries. Every entry in that book points you towards other entries that could be related to it. So I have things such as ocean, river. I forget if I put lake, but I know that there's something to describe a smaller body of water. It could be pond. Um, so now you have these, you have different directions that you can go in. When you look at the see also list, see also in quotes, that's at the bottom of every entry. So you use that, but you start off with the large idea. In this case, it's water. So what does water represent? Well, we've tackled this a few times, I think, on our, well, we've tried to. Right, on our own. And having a lot to do with emotion and emotional depth, or in fact, like your subconscious in a way. Literally. Like you can't see what's beneath the surface. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. You're getting it. Um, This is, sorry, I'm just excited. It's. I know I often, when I start teaching this, I often have to start off at zero and that because most people approach this with no background to understand their dreams. And you guys have a really good base to work from here. Oh, they don't just make anybody captains of the dream boat. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's not like you just make your own dream boat and become a captain of it. It (laughs) Well, you've really put in, I can tell you've really put in the effort to do this right. And so I commend you captains for, you know, you're, you're really, yeah, you're doing this right. But let's get back to the dream real quick. So you are immersing yourself into a body of water. And my first thought was it goes to something you've already said, something that is subconscious within you or unconscious. Now, subconscious is a term to describe something that is outside of your conscious awareness. The unconscious is a structure of the psyche that also includes things such as your persona, your ego, your shadow, and these different terms that are used to describe things that are in the psyche. So, you are when you are going into water it can mean you are going into the unknown depths of your mind and when you interact with creatures especially creatures that are very adept at going into those depths such as whales and dolphins and killer whales these creatures tend to be associated with the parts of you that aid you in this journey into the depths of your own mind and soul. And when you have positive interactions with them in dreams, what it's doing is creating stronger bonds between you and these parts of yourself. So Mr. Killer Whale there is your buddy and he is your guide. He's going to take you to the depths of who you are. Nice. it's going to get you down into those mysteries. I think it's really uh, interesting that you had said maybe the Pacific Northwest, because in the Pacific Northwest, the killer whale, the orca, is a commonly in native cultures there around the Pacific Northwest and the Vancouver Canadian First Nations people is a very, very important creature. It would be 
it would be fascinating to talk to one of their shamans or one of their uh, dream interpreters from those that culture to um, see what they have to say about the killer whale as well, even a in the English name symbol. Sorry to interrupt, but but the the I mean I called it an orca, but I mean yeah the other term for it is killer whale, and so this thing that's got killer as half of its name is like my homie and hanging out with me in the water. <laughs> I don't know if that has any real significance. But that you was know, kind of fun. Yeah, you need protection to go down into these parts of you because you can run across things that are very foreign and weird. Think about when you go to the bottom of the ocean and you see these creatures that are like, whoa, you know, you've got like mm-hmm. one eye pro- sprouting out of your head and you got spines all over you and, you know, <laughs> these funny colors and shapes and stuff like that. Those can describe things in the psyche that you will encounter. You know, when I've done really deep work to get into my unconscious and try to make it conscious, I would dream about walking on the seashore and finding these strange blobs that were these sea creatures that had washed up on the shore. And what it represents to me is the self that are newly conscious and I don't understand them yet. They haven't taken a recognizable form. Uh. I'm... Yeah, you get it. Over time, these things are, they, they take a more distinct form and they become more conscious within me. So instead of being a blob on the beach, now it turns into a wolf that's guiding me through the forest or a rabbit that's taking me down into the hole or the bird that lands on my shoulder and delivers me a message. You know, they often turn into some kind of animal type creature because animals can represent these parts of ourselves that are, they're instinctual and they are associated with the animal itself. You know, wolves are, you know, they're, they're social and they're protective. Well, an orca, you know, We've heard They're also social and protect. I mean, they have pods. They yes, same thing. They they speak over long distances. Wolves howl. You know, the whales have the whale song. That's kind of some yep. interesting. And they're known, there. and what and they're known for rescuing swimmers, right? I mean, I know dolphins are. So mm-hmm. it can mean that if you get yourself into some kind of trouble, you get into depths that are you know, beyond your ability to be able to handle, well, you have something inside of you that will act as a rescuer or guide. And I know that the few times that Scott and I have taken the robotic immersion module or the REM submarine from the dreamboat and gone deep down to the depths, <laughs> you sure do find some weird stuff down there. I love that. <laughs> yeah, man, a submarine. <laughs> Look that up in my dream dictionary. I, I put an entry in for submarine. Look up boat. You know, all of these things, a boat is something that is on the water. Well, it can then act as, could talk about the journey that you are taking in your life. So where can can people find this book? What's a good place to, if they wanted to pick up a copy of? Yeah, man. It's everywhere. You know, I mean, all of your standard retailers, your Barnes and Nobles and your Amazons. Um, I found it at Target online. Um, it's also at um, IndieBound and Books a Million. I love indie booksellers and they need your help. Um, it's published through Visible Ink Press. So it's the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbol, Signs, and Meanings. And look for it online. The, the publisher, it's almost 500 pages in textbook size, right? You guys feel that thing. It weighs a few oh, yeah. pounds. It's quite, right? quite thick I here. mean, can you believe that if you have like, you know, free shipping, you can get that book for like 17 bucks right now. 
So there is a lot of book there for the money. And I just, I give props to my publisher for making it available at that price point because it's most books that size cost twice as much. And, and uh, I took, we, we captains here are going to shamelessly plug it as well. We've used it for our last what kind of 10 episodes and it's been invaluable. It's really great. If you're easy just trying to, to use. get into. Yeah. Dream did you guys, did you guys read the uh, appendix uh, figuring out your dreams? Well, no, it has yeah, an, got, an uh, intro uh, to your one, two, three on method there. in there. Yeah. A lot of people miss this. And when the second addiction, uh, second printing of that book comes out, I'm going to make sure it's in like 150 point font. And, <laughs> and right there in the beginning, it says, read the back of the book. I originally had that appendix in the introduction and then they, for, you know, publisher decided they were going to move it around. And what I found, I talked to people who've read it and they go, oh, there's an appendix. Yes. The appendix is everything you need to know to understand the rest of the book. You can read it in about two hours. It is my dreams one two, three system for interpreting dreams. You break down the dream and the symbolism. You use dream interpretation techniques such as association to, to generate ideas. And then you pull all of the details together. You tie them together into this big picture that helps you to understand the dream. And each one of those steps have sub-steps. And I walk you through it piece by piece. I worked my butt off to get my, you know, take everything I've learned in almost 25 years and put it into a step-by-step system. And then I get that book out there and I'm finding that most people have missed the appendix. And as an author, it just makes me want to beat my head against the wall and go, hey, <laughs> you know, this is this is your answer key right here. Read that part of it because the rest of the book, all of those entries in the Dream Dictionary are meant to, um, be, they're meant to be based off of that figuring out your dreams. They are going to remind you of the things that you read in that appendix appendix and you're going to go oh okay so he's suggesting here that i not that i simplify the dream and understand what it's saying when you know i am shopping at a store it really means i'm making choices if because if you break the idea down of shopping what is it in simplest terms when you shop you are making decisions or you are pulling something you are making you're deciding what kind of person you're going to be mm. you're pulling new things into yourself and into your life so there are these different possibilities and by the way if you look up it's either store or shop in the book you'll find something related to that you know you'll find an entry so um, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I, I thank you for you know using it and letting your audience know about it. And I hope that it'll be a tool for years to come, and uh, you know uh, that your audience will you know pick it up and get something out of it too. Absolutely. Hey Scott, before we go, do you want to try to wrap up your dream in a nice little bow? Yeah, sure. Um, let me see. So here's here's the way you guys were saying before that I've got my new fancy house right that's the new life i'm building for myself ironically it's old and dusty because i'm i'm in a line of work that's old and dusty now uh-huh. i like it i'm comfortable in it so i suppose this is me slow it was a small mountain too so it's like i have a nice little climb up i'm getting settled in this job and uh it's the kind of job where i can find really crazy hidden miracles and beautiful cool things kind of like finding a you know, an exotic mammal, aquatic mammal at the top of a mountain. I may, that might be me uh, 
excited about maybe, you know, going on a dig and unearthing something beautiful and mysterious and old and ancient or something. Or maybe you need to take a trip to Crater Lake up in the oh, Pacific yeah. Northwest. That came to my mind too. Yeah. Cause you're, it's where else are you going to find a lake at the top of a mountain? Really happy that we had you on. Thanks so much for coming, Jason, and sharing your work and sharing your expertise with us and with all the listeners. So we will send people your way too. If you guys want to jump on Reddit Dreams, there's a whole subreddit of Dreams moderated by our, our guest here. and The Red Owl. It's a real hoot. Awesome. <laughs> That's dreams.reddit.com, by the way. And I'm Rat Owl. Yes. And in the meantime, you know you can always find us. We are the Dreamboat Podcast. Check us out. Dreamboatcast on Facebook. Uh, and if you have a dream that you want us to dig on into and surf around with and other related aquatic things, go ahead and send us a good old-fashioned email to dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get to it right away. Do we want to end on a dream pun? Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> this, this happens after we do about 19 of them. I think we I think we overslept our past our stop on the dream train. Yeah. No, there you go. no.